Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing this evening? Tonight is um, July the 17th, 2020. And tonight I am discussing Scream 4. Uh, we all love the Scream movies, I, I know. And uh, Scream 4 is no exception. And I have with me tonight Miss um, Constance Goodrich. Uh, Miss Kelly Dunsmore. Hey, everybody. And Mr. Matt Latz. Hello again. Yes, you, and you guys know everybody who is on tonight. They are my regulars, actually. <laughs> so, so everybody is like, you know, everybody knows who you guys are. So. I'd say we're definitely your regulars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, and I love it. I love all my regulars, and I love all my newbies too. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Scream Four tonight. Um, uh, Constance, what? How do you like Scream Four? How do you um, feel? Uh, I mean, do you think that it uh, like matched up to the other Scream movies? Uh, definitely, I do think they matched up with all the other Scream movies. I mean, just storyline and plot and how they brought Sydney back into it and how the killer was still after her after all that time still. And, yeah. I mean, even though it wasn't the same killer as the beginning, there was always a ghost face after her, it seems. So, um, right. I, I definitely think that they did a pretty good job keeping up storyline with all their movies. Yeah, they did. They did. And uh, Kelly, same question. How do you feel about it? I love it. I think it's probably my favorite besides the original, actually. Um, I just loved how aware of itself it was. Like, it made fun of itself the whole time. It pretty much, like, narrated the movie at times. It was like, oh, the kills have to be bigger. Then they had bigger kills. And so I just liked that it knew what type of movie it was, and it leaned into it. And I just thought that was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Matt, what about you? Because, uh, you know, you and I and my fiancé, we talked about Screen 3. So uh, what do you think about Screen 4? It is my, like, like, uh, like you just said, it is definitely my favorite besides the first. Um, it is my you know, second favorite in the, if I had to list it. And I think it's because you get the Woodsboro, the return to Woodsboro that we were right. kind of expecting in the third one. Yeah. And it, it makes even more, it, it makes it even mean even more because it's been so many years since we've been to Woodsboro. Yes. And so it's, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us that watched the original when we were teenagers are now all adults and we're kind of, in, you know, we're following along with these uh, adults. We're kind of, it's almost a high school reunion for us. Oh, yeah, so most definitely. I definitely enjoy it in that aspect. Um, but I do want to say that all of the screen movies have always been self-aware and very meta and very, like, make fun of themselves. Yeah. It definitely does fit in the mold. Um, it yep. definitely does fit right along into the the pattern. And uh, and as of today, uh, I mean, uh, I've done like three screen movies. The only screen I haven't done yet is Scream Two, and I'll probably yeah. do that next year. But um, 
because I have a whole schedule full of movies already planned. But, but, um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Screen Four was um, now t- to me if um, uh, how I rank the Screen movies is Screen One, uh, Screen uh, Four. Scream 2, and then Scream 3. So the fourth one is actually, uh, I agree with you, Matt and Kelly, that um, uh, that, that Scream 4 came in second to Part 1. Because Part 1 was actually uh, groundbreaking, if you ask me. You know, um, Part 1 broke the mold. You know, uh, in terms it of gave, it gave horror the shot in the arm that it needed. It revitalized horror in the '90s and and gave it a whole new like look and feeling and subgenre. And then we got right. a lot of copycats, but we got a lot of good movies that were just right on par. Well, and mm-hmm. and most of that was due to Kevin Williamson because Kevin Williamson, uh, Ke- Kevin Williamson, is a great writer. You know, he's as much of a great writer as Wes Craven was a great director. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it would have been as impactful if Wes Craven has directed it. Yes, yes. Well, let's go ahead um, into Screen Four. Uh, Screen Four was released on April fifteenth, two thousand eleven. I can't believe it was that long ago. I mean, that was what 2011. That was, and now it's 2020. So what? That was like what 10 years ago, right? Nine years yeah. ago. Yeah. 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 So I, so I guess they're like kind of keeping, <laughs> uh, uh, keeping up with the time because you know, uh, uh, part four was actually 10 years after, um, uh, the events of part one, right? Or was it a little bit after 10 years? It was more because, like, the first movie came out in, like, 96. Yeah, you're right, Matt. You're right. Yep, so it was kind of like, let's see, 96. About 15 years then, right? Something like that. I am not good with math, guys. So you guys going to have to help me out? (laughs) 2011. I'm the wrong person to ask. Yes, yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, so 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 we are in agreement. We all hate math, and math hates all of us. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, uh, so so let's see. Scream four was fifteen years after the original, and now Scream five will be like what nine or ten years after uh, uh, Scream four. So, yeah. I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because everybody, I mean, everybody's older now. I mean, Nev Campbell is in her 40s. Uh, Courtney Cox Arquette is in her 50s. Yeah. So yeah, it, it will be um, interesting to say the least what they will do with these characters. Definitely. Um, Definitely. <laughs> But Screen 4 stars the original cast, as well as some new blood to the series. Um, Hayden Panettiere, 
uh, Rory Culkin, uh, and um, uh, Emma Roberts, uh, who we will be talking about <laughs> during the remainder of this show, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so now we'll uh, jump to the questions. Uh, Matt, we'll start with you first. What was your favorite part of Screen 4? Favorite part? Mm, gosh. Uh, well, if I had to pick a favorite part, um, I really love the parking garage thing. Um, oh, yeah. With the, uh, with the despicable agent. Yes. And, uh, you know, I love a good parking garage stalking. Um, the P2 movies and things like that. Any, anything where somebody's getting stuck in the parking garage always gets me, like, lots of tension. And Oh, yeah. If it's, if it's done right and done well. The scariness of it all. Yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah. definitely not my favorite place to be in the middle of the night is the parking garage. So, <laughs> right. Because you never know. Um, so, yeah. What about you? What what was your favorite part of Screen Four? How about you? What was your favorite part? Um, I love the part with Kirby um, when she when Charlie was tied on the chair. She was on the phone with Ghostface. She was answering all the questions. Um, That's pretty great. She just she just knew her shit. And excuse my language. Uh, oh, she you're knew fine. Yeah, with uh, Casey Becker and her uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, my favorite part is the media club scene, actually. I, I love that um, we have the newbies with the oldies. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. they, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, see, you know, where this new stuff is headed, you know. Uh, uh, you know, like Randy had his set of rules. Well, <laughs> there's a whole different or new set of rules, I should say. There's yeah. a whole set of new rules, you know, and, and, and I like that they went over the, those rules with the yeah. with the oldies. Yeah. I, I love that. It was very cool. Although, 
that kind of got me because it was the same thing as in Spring 3. They kept teasing that one of the original characters was going to die. And, <laughs> you know, because they kept saying in the rules, somebody's got to die. And, it, you know, in everybody's fair game. And they did the 3 2. And then they didn't give it to us. They didn't give us the payoff. So it was kind of, kind of a little upset by that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And oh, and I do have a second figure part too. And, and I, this is going to be a spoiler for all my listeners. But then again, all of my podcasts are spoilers, so you guys might want to stay away from all of my podcasts if you guys have not seen the movie. But um, my my one of my other favorite parts is when Jill starts to beat herself up. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, I agree with you. That is yeah, a, just uh, a psycho that scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty epic moment. It's it, it, I'm like, yeah. whoa. I was like, what? This girl is crazy. But it, I mean, it, yeah. I, it was, it looked good. It looked like she was actually yeah, beating yeah. herself up. But let oh, me yeah. tell you, it was a stunt woman doing all of that. I, oh, I watched yeah. Green 4. With the commentary That's on, amazing. yeah, yep. And Joe Roberts did say that there was a stunt woman, and she actually jumped on the table. Oh wow! Wow! Fuck! I, I was like, oh my gosh! I, I I couldn't even. Oh gosh, me neither. <laughs> That's I, crazy. I, I've done some pretty fun, like, stage balls and stuff, but nothing like through a table or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I could not be a stunt woman. That's for dang sure. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. I'm too pretty yeah. to get hurt. <laughs> exactly, Matt. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, well, Kelly, we'll come to you for the next question. Uh, what was your least favorite part? Um, I think my least favorite part, back to my main girl, Kirby, um, probably when she got stabbed, because I was so mad. She came through, she knew all her stuff, and then she got stabbed anyway, so. Yeah. I hated that, because I love her so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh what about you? What was your least favorite part? Talking to me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I would have to say my least favorite part of that movie. I'm sorry, is any is the scene where Jill's in her room after her friend died, basically, and she's like, "Don't go in there," and she's acting all innocent. And I just knew from then that I was just like, "I don't trust her." The way she reacted when she's like, "Don't go in there, Jill." <laughs> Yeah. Uh-uh. And and Matt, how about you? What was your least favorite um, part? The opening. Oh. It, was little, it was a little much. Um, I don't mind the part with was the Anna Paquin and uh, and Kristen Bell. That part's great, but then it goes into this like it's like gets so 
it gets too meta. It gets like it's too meta. So if this is screen whatever, why is this the opening of this? Da, 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 da. And like it's, it gets a little confusing. Yeah, it was a little much. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a little much. And I actually was thinking about that earlier today, Matt, if you want to know the truth. I I was thinking, well, they could have just started with Marnie and Jenny. Right, exactly. They could have just started with them. They didn't have to go through Lucy Hale and and the other girl and then Anna Paquin and and the other girl. and. I get the statement they were trying to make. I feel like they just tried to force it on us a little bit much. Uh, yeah. Right, and, and and I get um that they were uh and you know because we were talking about this earlier, all of us, you know, we uh we liked that they you know continued uh, talking about the stab movies because part uh part three was all about the stab movie being in production and stuff like that. So and right and you know we do appreciate that the stab movies were were talked about. But, however, it, it, it did see, seem a little much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree, Matt. I don't know if our, I don't know if my listeners will agree, but I agree. Well, I'm not here for them to agree with me. They can just listen to me. I know that's right, boy. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> well, my least favorite part, is, I agree with you, Kelly. My least favorite part was when Kirby gets killed. I, I I did not want her to die. I wanted her to keep going. But uh, and, and and again, you know, I, I love to listen to the commentary. And uh, uh, she uh, she's on the commentary as well. And she said that she always tells her friend. I was just gonna say, I don't think she's dead. Yeah. Yep, she always tells her friends. She's the only one we don't see die. Right. Yep, that's exactly what she said. She's still, she's still breathing when he walks away. Yep, that's she's exactly what she said. She she's said, we don't alive. see me die. You know, she said, uh, "I'm." Uh, that's exactly what she said, uh, Kelly. She said, I'm still breathing. I, I was still breathing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, so maybe in part five, we'll get a, We'll get Kirby back. Who knows? Oh, well, that, better. That, that's why I. Uh, that's why I definitely like. I smiled when Kelly said. Uh, when Kelly said when Kirby got stabbed, and not when she said when Kirby <laughs> got killed. Because I was yeah. like, oh, oh you're yeah, you're, you're a Kirby sympathizer. Me too. I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> Oh, right. All right. And, uh, well, uh, Kelly, I'm going to come to you with this. I, even though I think, think we already knew what your answer is going to be, but who is your favorite character, girl? Uh, my favorite character is definitely Kirby. Yes, um, ma'am. I think I love her from the moment she was first on screen, uh, just the way she was like sarcastic with her friends and everything, but you could tell she cared deeply about them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, when she's sitting in the police station and she's like, wait, I didn't get a phone call. Does that mean I'm not going to live in Boston? <laughs> like, I thought that was so funny. She loves horror movies. So, I mean, I think as horror fans, we can all relate to that. Oh, yeah. She's most definitely. As well. um, and she was just confident. She knew who she was and she wasn't ashamed of it. And, yeah, I love everything about Kirby. Yes. And she's alive. Yes. 
Kirby lived, darn it. Kirby yeah. lived. <laughs> and Matt, what about you? Who is your favorite character? Well, um, definitely Kirby, but I'll go ahead and let you know who my second favorite character is, since we've already uh, established that Kirby is the beast of Spring Four. Yeah. She's the best character that's created in a long time. But I was a big fan of Deputy Judy. Um, ah. I like De Deputy Judy. I do think they tried a little hard to make her a suspect, but I, but she was. I liked her uh, how, uh, you know how how she hung on Dewey's every word. And how she was, <laughs> you know, like she was sort of a threat to their marriage. Um, and I also just love that part where uh, where Dale turns around and tells her like the bars taste like that. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And poor Dewey's going, they don't, they don't taste like that. Right. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't, they yeah, really don't. Yeah. <laughs> Deputy Judy is definitely a fun character. I'm glad they added her. She's, she's fun. Yes. And, and I love that actress. Yes, I was just going to say, Marley Shelton did an excellent job. Marley Shelton is a great actor. So um, I love that they brought her into this, the franchise. Yes. And Cassis, what about you? Who is your favorite character? I agree, Kelly. Kirby's like the absolute best character yes. in the series. But if I could say a second, because he's been in most of the other ones, I would have to say Dewey, too. Because Dewey has not only survived most of these swift face character uh, killers, but he has gone through and protected each and every person he could, and especially Sid. So yes. it's just like, I have a high standing for Dewey. He he stares death in the face and he just fights back. Right. So, yeah. And, and he's like won every single time. I mean, he was stabbed like what, two or three times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he still survived. And even in Spring 4, he told Sydney he would protect her. You know? So it's mm -hmm. just like, that's why I love Dewey so much. He just is one of the upstanding characters you cannot pass up. Oh yeah, Agreed. he's very precious. Yes, he is. A very loyal. He's yeah. very. Uh, he's very loyal. So, mm -hmm. and uh, and of course, I agree with all of you guys. I love Kirby, but I love Peyton Panettiere. She too. is yeah, a I, very I great her. actress. I've loved her I've ever loved since. Her ever Ever since, um, well, for me, you know, I saw her debut in Remember the Titans. I was just about to say that. I actually I did love her in that, too. She was so yeah. cute. She was. She was so... She always has, like, some spitfire to her characters. And I always. Always. Absolutely. Even in Remember the Titans, she was a spitfire. Yeah. You know, and she was, yeah. like, what, 11? She was yeah. 11 yeah. or 12 when she did that. And, and she, yeah, she, she was a little spitfire. Yeah. She's a real good actress. She's, she's pretty great. I feel like I feel like a lot of her genuineness comes out in her characters. So I feel like mm -hmm. she's a really cool person to hang out with. Yeah, because yeah. you know what, Matt? I, I, I heard you mention Heroes, and I really liked that show. I, I, I thought she did amazing I, in that show. I love Love the first season of Heroes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then it became the Peter Petrelli show. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, the writer's strike happened right after the first season. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And that's 
every and then they tried to bring it back and reboot it and it was okay it just it, it wasn't the same life back into it it was yeah. not the same at all yeah. uh well uh uh matt we'll go to you um for this one uh who was your least favorite character least favorite character definitely the agent um, I love that the, she was in there and that they, you know, did that commentary on how soulless agents can be, but she's definitely a piece of crap. <laughs> yes, she is. Definitely. Like, completely self-centered, doesn't care about the, you know, anything but the bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it's very reminiscent, and I did like this, that it's very reminiscent of how Gail was in the first movie. Yes. Yes. yes, and I think that's why Gail didn't like her because she because she reminded her her a lot of herself. I wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. Uh, heck, that's why I think she didn't like uh, Jennifer on on uh, part three because because she was trying to be so like her. I think I think that was more of like you're copycatting me in a way that makes me look bad, and that's why I don't like you. Um, like, oh. um, if someone were to portray me in a in a unflattering light as an actor in something, I would be I wouldn't like that person either. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, you put it that way. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, Kelly, who was your least favorite character? Um, it was definitely I agree with the um the agent, even though I love Allison Brie, I think she's an amazing oh, actress, but. Yeah. Glow is one of my favorite Netflix shows. So good, right? Yeah, yeah. she's amazing in that. I love her, but yeah, the agent was terrible. Definitely Jill. Um, even before the reveal about her being the actual killer, I just felt like she wasn't a good friend. Like, bring it back to Kirby, as I always do. But Kirby, you could tell, cared about her friends and everything like that. But yeah, Jill just didn't seem to really care. She seemed fake, like Constance said earlier. And you could just tell she was fake. Like, I just. Yeah, I didn't like her even before the reveal, and I wasn't surprised at the reveal. Right. (laughs) I'm going to say I think part of that has to do with the casting because we are all so familiar with Emma Roberts' work, and we all know how good of a villain she can play. So, yes. Especially up until that point, she had done a lot of stuff, especially she played Madison on Coven by that point. And so we know what a bitch she can be. So it's really hard to like invest in her as a sweet virginal final girl. So we immediately, we immediately suspected. I know I did. I immediately suspected her the minute I realized she was the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but I have a question though. Did now did she start? um, Did she start horror movie? The um, uh, oh my goodness. The franchise, the TV show that's on um, FX. American Horror Story? Yes. Did she start that before Screen 4 or did, screen, or did she do Screen 4 before she did that? I feel like she had already been in Coven at that point. Okay. Yeah. Let me look yeah. it up right now. Yeah. I feel, I, like she, I, I feel like she already had been. I know I was familiar with her by the time... Like, I, I originally saw her in, like, you know, some wholesome stuff, like, when she was younger. 
Yeah, because I didn't even hear about her until Screen 4. But then I heard that she is Julia Roberts' niece. And then I, I looked at her and I said, yeah, I okay, I could I could see that. She looks yeah. kind of like her. Oh, yeah. She's, she's related to Julia Roberts. Um, but, yeah, no, I feel like she had already been in Coven at this point. She may have been. I, I, I don't know because I didn't... Um, I didn't really even get into American Horror Story until it was on Netflix. Oh, I was watching it. From Every almost everybody yeah, was. Everybody oh, yeah. was. I was watching it from the first season. Um, somebody do a good. Somebody doing a Google search because I need to know now. Yes, I just googled. Um, Scream Four came out in April, and Coven actually did not premiere until October. So. Yeah. I guess not, but I could have sworn we did see her first in Coven, but I guess not. She's been in other, she's been in some other things. Yeah. Like, some something about her, I don't know, maybe by the time I had seen it, because I didn't see Scream 3 in theaters. Now, did you see Scream 4 in theaters, Matt? That's what I meant. meant. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I I saw Scream Three in theaters. I don't. I didn't see Scream Four. Yeah, so same here. Maybe by the maybe by the time I saw it, it was I had already seen Coven. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I I actually didn't see Scream Four in theaters either. I I actually bought the movie. Uh, when I bought the movie, that was the first time seeing it. Right. That was a good buy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's one of those that I could buy any of the three movies blind and still it's a good it's a good investment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh well Cassis, um I um uh, I don't think I asked you, who is your least favorite character? And I think I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> uh, I wrote I, I wrote a post on it today on fa- on my Facebook page because I was so annoyed after watching the movie. <laughs> but um it has to be Jill. One, she's fake. I mean, you can tell from the moment she first gets in the car and she's talking on the phone, and you can tell she's fake. Two, her she cares about her friends, but yet she'll turn around and run off on her friends the moment danger flirts its head around. So it just got yeah. to the point where, and then what got me most, though, about Jill, I don't know if you guys agree on this, Jill was so jealous of Sydney's so-called fame that she thought was fame when it was right. a tragedy more than fame and she was so jealous of all the spotlight Sydney was getting that she had to take it away from Sydney so she had to become the victim and that's what really got me about her. I hated that about her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. I agree. Well, it was definitely a commentary on like uh, social media culture and um, how mm-hmm. kids how kids are romanticizing like like things from the past, like school shootings and things like that. They're, you know, they're turning it into this like romanticized thing on like you know on different. Yeah, there's sense. Uh, how do you say sensualizing? Uh, yeah. Sensationalism. Sensational, sensationalizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's definitely like the. You know, a lot of people are obsessed with, like, how many followers they have and stuff. You know, I know as a teacher, my middle school students talk about that all the time. I'm like, you guys realize that means nothing, right? Like, <laughs> Right, exactly. Very, like, they care a lot about, like, how many followers and how many, like, 
fans ultimately, like Jill said, that they had that they have. So, oh yeah, right. that means that means that they were they're worth something. They're you know yeah, they, they, it's, it's their self esteem and stuff. Yeah, and it's that's sad, but it's it, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 you know that actually. Uh, brings me to, uh, it wasn't going to be my next question, but it'll be my next question now because we're, we're actually already talking about it. But, you know, um, uh, Jill, you know, does say, she's like, you know, you don't have to achieve anything. You just have to have effed up stuff happen to you. So, I, I mean, how, how do you guys, do you guys, um, and I think we've kind of, uh, we're going over it now anyway. So, you know, do you guys think that reality TV and social media is kind of diluting the uh, diluting us and the younger generation? I think it's good in both ways. Like I, I think it's definitely a double edged sword. But um, but I think there are enough people out there that know how to use it for what it's. Oh yeah, for, for what it is supposed to be used for. Yep, Matt, right. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. I I think it has good purposes and bad. Like, I use it, I only accept people who I'm actually friends with. Um, Especially as a teacher, I have to be really careful, I think, you know. Oh, Um, yeah. Because we all all know, guys, teachers are not allowed to have real lives. So, parents don't want to see that. Right. So, so I have to be really careful, I feel feel like. Um, But, and there are some, yeah, I, I get to see things about, like, family, you know, that I wouldn't see as quickly without social media. But also, like, I remember how insecure I was as a middle school girl. Like, if I had had Instagram at the time, and was seeing all these, like, gorgeous girls on my Instagram, who a lot of time it's filters and Photoshop. Like, the girls in the photos don't even look like the girls in the photos. Right. Um, But we don't know that, you know. I would have spiraled in middle school to insert. Like, I'm so glad that wasn't around when I was in middle school. Oh, me too. (laughs) And I think it's bad for a lot of my middle schoolers. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. I think a lot of I think of a lot. There needs to be a lot more age restricted stuff on there. Yeah, Um, you know, and I I I get that, but I think there's also enough platforms that are all ages that are that kids are saying you know seeing. Oh well, that person that person's talent is like what I could do. So if they can make content like that, then I can make content like that. Um, Right, that's so true. We have a lot of copycats. Yes, I wouldn't say copycats. I would say, you know, kids are getting the self-esteem from others to be able to do things that they, yeah, they and feel accepted for embracing their nerds, so to speak, or, the, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, yeah, I definitely my, see that, Matt. Yeah, my 11-year-old niece just uh just friended me on tiktok and wants to do cosplays together so you know <laughs> so it's a thing and it, you know so it can yeah. be a good it can be a good influence if you're using it correctly on you know right Unfortunately, sure. you know we we get seen the other side of the sword when things like the jeffree star and shane dawson stuff happen you know mm-hmm. But if you're putting out, whole, you know, con- content that you wouldn't be afraid of your own children to watch, then then it's not a problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I, uh, like with my horror group, you know, I, I don't yeah. put stuff on there, you know, that's too, too out there. You know, and nobody has actually, um, you know, nobody in the group has actually done any of that either. So, uh, yeah. 
you know, I, I thank you. I thank you guys all my, for all my listeners that are in my group. I thank you guys for not putting too much uh, out there stuff on there. But, um, but yeah, you know, and, and that can be, you know, kind of bad. You know, I remember my mom, before she got on Facebook, she would always call Facebook the Antichrist. Because, because there was so much evil stuff that she would hear about it. So then when she did get on Facebook, now, guys, we can't get her off. Right. So. That's funny. My mom's like, yeah, yeah like, that's me and my mom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's like every mom. But I think it's like Matt said, it's, it's a tool. I mean, so it can be very good if you use it for very good things. And it can also... It's not inherently good or bad itself, but it just depends how you use it and how other people are using it. Exactly. Exactly. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree with Matt. I mean, good example, you know, just kind of using myself here. I just started recently doing my own entertaining of my original character, Lady Grey. And my thing was I have spent three years on her alone just trying to find the courage to bring her out into the world because I made her on paper, I made her out of cosplay, and then I got to the point where I was too afraid to show her to the world and all my scary short story. And it was Matt and it was my friend Ethan and uh, Kate who have finally said, you know what, we've seen what she can do, we've seen who she is, she could bring good out there instead of bad. So now mm-hmm. I have a page up for her, and um, and I can excitedly say I don't really care how many followers or people I get. I don't use it as a thing, but I can say I'm proud to say I do have 78 followers now just because it's my awesome. I chose to chase it. Yeah. So I'm going to tell everybody on this podcast who's maybe just unsure about chasing a dream on social media, as long as you do it the right way, you are going to That's go right. just keep chasing those dreams until you know that you can go and just don't stop. Keep running. Absolutely. And, and you know, that that's good advice even for me. You know, sometimes I do feel like, oh, am, I mean, is, are people actually really listening to me? Are, are, are people actually really liking my uh my podcast episodes, you know, and, and, Would you and be trending at number one if you, if they weren't. <laughs> <Just> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, you already know that that that's the devil's voice right there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, I wrote this quote down to deal with my uh, test coming up with Latrice. I've talked a lot about you with my test. Um, but I wrote down a quote that was like, I was like, if no enemies shall prosper against us, then the doubt of what a, what if should also like not prosper against you. Because it is. It's like the, the what if will always get you and you have to shut it That's down. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Shut it down quick, fast, and in a hurry. And that's what I always do, too. I always do that. Whenever thoughts like that come into my mind, like I said, that you know that's the devil. Mm-mm. I cast that out. All the time, all the it. time. You have to. You have to. Yeah, and, and you have to. And and that's um, it. Leads me into my um, um my other question, like uh, uh, how does screen four pertain to the Bible, if at all? And you know, to me, in my opinion, uh, 
and we all know this, Sydney was a survivor. She survived parts one, two, three, and four. And uh, I, I actually got a, a scripture, actually, that I wrote down. Um, let me see, where is it? <clears throat> uh, Romans 8 and 37. It says, but in all these things, we are overwhelmingly, or I'm sorry, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And even though, you know, it, it doesn't really go into if Sydney had found God or anything like that. It should have, but it didn't. Uh, but we know that she was an overcomer. She overcame it all of the screen movies and and that was the scripture that i found for this particular movie i i, I when i looked at it when i read it i said oh my gosh that was sydney and that could be all of us you know who has to overcome anything constance sure. you have to overcome your fear of bringing Lady Grey into the world. And uh, Kelly, you have to overcome your fear of failing this test. And, you know, <laughs> and me and Matt, you know, we have things to overcome as well. And we have overcome. Everybody does. And, and, and we, we already have overcome. I mean, look at us. You overcome every morning when you open your eyes and get out of bed. Exactly. Exactly. That's such a good thing to think about, too, is, like, you've gone through all the worst moments in your life already. Like, and you're I still here, that. so yep. you, can just keep, you can keep doing it. Hey, yep. to God be the glory is what I say all the time. So, I yes. Uh, so, so, what do you guys think? Uh, uh, well, Kelly, we'll come to you. What do you think? How do you think Scream 4 might pertain to the Bible, if at all? Or if maybe there's like a parallel to it. Um, I would say the same kind of thing that you did, Latrice. Just the over. I think that's why I love Sydney so much. I didn't say she was my favorite character just because I love Kirby so much. But right. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for Sydney. I think. I mean, she's a very likable character, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And after all the terrible stuff that happened to her, she kind of touches on it with her book. Um. But she just chose to keep fighting and. Uh -huh. um, to keep spreading, like she's such a caring character. I mean, like she cares deeply about everybody around her, and oh yeah, she keeps spreading goodness even after everything that's happened. Where she could have like gone a very different path. So I think that's very powerful. Yeah, it is. It is actually very powerful. And, and uh, Constance, what about you? What do you think? I agree with you and Kelly on the same thing. I mean. There is always going to be evil in the world, and that evil is always going to be there to try to stomp you down every moment it can find, every weakness that comes into your head, your mind, your soul, whatever. It's going to try to stomp you down, and you're going to have to either stand, fight, or just come and let it win. But I also see a bit of the evil of temptation in the social media thing with Jill. I mean, yeah. there's there's jealousy that she is feeling because of Sydney's spotlight. There was the fact that in the end, she died for a cause that she failed at in the end. She may have become a hero, but she became the villain in the end, and she was killed for it. 
So it's just like, it's kind of like reaping what you sow at the same time. It's like, you got to hear what you say and do, because in the end, it may come back to bite you, and that's what happens to Jill, you know. Yeah. I was thinking that too, Constance. She was very much like worshiping false idols. Exactly. Um, oh, yeah. Instead of following goodness in life and being a good person. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that too. And, and Matt, uh, how do you feel, hon? How do you feel that about was, it? That was, that was my argument. It was all about the Ten Commandments Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not worship false gods. Yeah. happens a lot you know we tend to look at another person's life and say oh I, I wish I had their life I wish I wish I was them you know not knowing that what they have to go through you right. know exactly we all have our own struggles we all have our own yep. things and you don't know what any one person's life is like so to, to say oh I wish I were you or I wish I were that person that's just that doesn't you don't. You really, really don't. You need to be happy with what you have. Exactly. You make it, make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. I agree. And okay, so now let's get to a, a fun kind of question. Uh, what is the scariest scene in your opinion? Uh, Cassis, we'll go to you first. What is your uh, What is the scariest scene in your opinion? Okay, I'm going to be truthful with her on the podcast. This goth girl who loves horror and has been working in haunted houses for, for years, had the Lady Grey character's undead plague doctor, has a fear. And it, I agree with Matt. I cannot go into a parking garage by myself at night because I will freeze <laughs> the heck out the moment. I have to have someone with that fear. So that scene, let alone scared me half to death. Like, I could not even put myself in that agent's shoes at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kelly? What was your, uh, what was the scariest scene in your, in uh, your opinion? Um, I agree with Matt and Constance about the, the parking garage scene was very well done. And I do love those types of movies as well, Matt. I really liked P2 as well. Right. Because the girls were kind of useless, but 
I was like, Kirby, come on. Right. But, <laughs> and even uh, Kirby couldn't do anything. She said she Kirby, lost her stuff, man. She so, was like yeah, that was a pretty horrifying scene, honestly. And then she like put her on snow and everything. Like I was horrified. Oh yeah. It was I guess. Brutal. I, and I, I, I agree with you, Kelly. Uh, uh, yeah, Olivia's murder scene was by far the the scariest. Uh, it was scene. startling. Yeah. I was not expecting him to come out of that closet. No, no, sir. <laughs> and, and Matt, what, what was your um uh scariest scene? Oh, well, I think you already said right. Yours was well, um. Yeah, I like the I like the parking garage. Um, I also I also thought that the um the the uh, the festival. I wouldn't say it was scary, but it was definitely had a lot of attention, and it was it was a lot like to me. It was very reminiscent of Spring Two, where they're all in the movie theater and everyone's wearing the mask and stuff. I thought it was the thing. Um, and I, so I thought that was excellently done, and it added a really good sense of tension to it, and I really oh, yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Now I, I think agree. I like when murders and horror movies are done in like. And with a bunch of people around, because that's when you feel safe, right? Like when there's a bunch of people around. So when murders happen during the daytime or in a crowd, like in a crowd in a horror movie, I'm like, oh no, like you're supposed to be safe right now. Right. Oh my gosh. That's what got me with, um, I know what you did last summer. Uh, and I did do a, I did do a podcast on that guy. So if you guys haven't seen it, or haven't heard it, go back and listen to that whole podcast. That's a good podcast. But but that uh that's that's what got me uh when Sarah Michelle Geller's character uh she was so close. She was oh my gosh, you guys should have seen me in the movie theater, okay? I jumped up and I was like, Are you kidding me? She was almost there. Guys, I was yelling and everything. My friends were laughing at me. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, you know, so I agree, Kelly. That you know, you're all you almost make it, or you're getting killed and uh, amongst all these people, and it, yes. it's just crazy. You're supposed to be safe, right? right. Absolutely. Um, okay, like when I, I'm a big fan also of the Paranormal Activity series. I love those movies. Um, but when the first one, when stuff started happening during the daytime, I was like, nope. Like I, I now I'm not safe during any scene. Like That's very reminiscent of Jada Pinkett Smith's character in part two that gets killed. Yeah. That's yeah. why I hate when people sit behind me in movie theaters. I don't trust people. I'm like, <laughs> you're going to catch me when I'm off guard watching this movie. <laughs> right. 
it's funny. Oh, I forgot to mention to everybody who my least favorite character is in Screen Four. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys might not agree with me, okay? But I did not like Olivia. She got on my dang nerves, and every and every time she she said that Sydney was the uh, what did she say? She she was the uh, something the of death, death. A, angel of death. I wanted yeah. to slap her. I wanted to slap her silly. Like, girl, this woman survived things that you probably wouldn't survive. And she didn't. So much. Right. I will be going to Sydney and asking for tips. Okay. Like, how did you survive this? How did he get her, but not you? You know, how can I stay alive? <laughs> right. Right. I feel yeah. you. I feel you. And I think she's supposed to that way and I think it's a very accurate portrayal of a teenager who really doesn't you know see the bigger picture and really only like you know is out for themselves and, and it was definitely a commentary but also you don't get that much time to watch her develop if she ever would so, yeah that's true too yeah so she's not set up for you to like so yeah. yeah. But you know, I feel that same way about Jill too. I I kind of think they wanted us to like Jill, but a lot of people didn't like 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 Kelly and Constance. You know, I, I think a lot of my, my listeners will probably agree that Jill didn't have a very likable characteristic uh-uh. to her. Oh no, no, not at all. So yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm all out of questions, but I do have five fun facts that I'm going to read to you all. And now it's time for Latrice's five fun facts. Yes. Thank you, Matt, for that lovely introduction. (laughs) Um, um, The first uh, fun fact that I have is um, to make the acting more intense, Director Wes Craven didn't allow the actors and actresses to meet who was on the other end of the line when Ghostface contacted them. Now, I know a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people already knew that, uh, you know, but I just felt that, you know, maybe somebody didn't know that. And I thought yeah, that would be a great fact. It's still one of the best, like, cool facts. About it is. Spring. It is. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I um uh, quoted that same fun fact when we did Spring Free, Matt. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did. But I can hear it all the time. I think it's really cool. I think it's awesome. And I think that's a good, I think that's something awesome for a director to do. You know, it's showing yeah. that he, he really cares about how about the movie going to be seen and perceived. And he's caring about his audience. Oh, right, right. Because when you have that suspense, you know, that's going to come off on camera as opposed to if you already know something, then you have to act like you don't know something that could be kind of hard. Oh, it is. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah, because you're you're an actor, Matt. So, yeah, you know, uh, and as as an actor, Matt, would you rather be surprised? Would you rather have that happen? Yes, absolutely. And also as a director, I think that would, um, that's also, we did, um, we did a show that was, um, like I did Murder Mysteries and one of them was sort of a send up spoof of, of, uh, of like the 80s slasher film. So like 
you know, Friday the 13th and all of those, the guy that I had played my killer was not allowed to hang out at rehearsals with the other people. Um, yeah, because that was a good call on your part. And I wanted him to wear his mask if he was around people so that, like, they never got to know him. They never got to see what was behind the mask and there was always that little bit of tension. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that's awesome. Even though we were doing a comedy spoof, I still wanted them to have that, you know, that heebie-jeebie feeling whenever he was around. Right, right. Well, my second fun fact is, get this, guys, this is funny. Uh, Nev Campbell and Emma Roberts admitted to being terrified of horror films. Emma stated she was hiding under the covers while watching the first three screen films. And it's but, uh, and incidentally, Emma appeared in seasons three, four, seven, eight, and nine of American Horror Story, as well as Screen Queens. And was in both seasons of Screen Queens. Yep, as well as Screen Queens. And all and Nev also stated that she can't watch the films because she doesn't like being scared. That happens actually more than we think. Nightmare on Elm Street 4 told me the same thing. She does not like horror films. And she's, she's only ever actually seen hers like twice. But who are you talking about? Toy Newkirk. Uh, oh, yeah. From, from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Yeah. But she's very appreciative of it, though. Toy Newkirk is very appreciative. As a matter of fact, she's, um, she's going to talk about um, uh, African Americans in horror movies. Uh, I forget I forget the um I forget when she's gonna do it, but she is going to do it. I'm gonna have to look at her Facebook page. But she's yeah, very appreciative that. of it. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um fun fact number three is um in the scene where Jenny explains to Marnie the story about the stab movies. She says stab five has time travel, which is by far the worst. And speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, uh, Wes Craven had the idea of time travel in dreams for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master. But the studios rejected it. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. That would not. No, no, no. See, I do not no. like time travel. I love the Flash. I love the Flash, the series, you know, with Grant Gustin and everything like that. I love the Flash. But I hate the fact that they always time travel. I hate that. Because I don't like time travel. I do not like time travel at all. I like it if it's done right. I love a good groundhog movie plot. Oh, you know what? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I I love, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the movie um, Back to the Future. But but parts two and part three lost me. I love the first one, but parts two and part three lost me. Oh, yeah. When you start introducing it into something that's, like, got a lot of canon to it, and you basically are just adding in time travel to rewrite canon, and that bothers me a little bit. Yes. And um, a fun fact number four. 
is um, at a table read on June 25th, 2010, the actors and actresses were told to stop reading at page 75 to prevent those already cast in the film from knowing the climax. So they were not allowed to know who the killers were, except the killers themselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, oh, and... Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. What, what were you saying? I was just saying that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, and I, and as a matter of fact, I think they did it with all of the screen movies. Actually, I think I read that they did that with uh, part two and part three and part one too. Yep. Um, and my I last my murder mysteries, but not on purpose. It was because oh. I didn't have anything written yet. Right. <laughs> so, Nobody knew who the killer was, not even me. Right, that is the you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and my last fun fact is... <laughs> my last fun fact is Screen 4 almost starred Ashley Green, which who she played Alice Cullen from the Twilight movies. And uh, also Boston Legal and Children's Hospital star... Lake Bell was going to be W.D. Hicks, but dropped out days before shooting and uh, due to scheduling conflicts. And Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls was set to play Jill's mom, Kate Roberts, but left the project just weeks after confirming her role. Oh. Yes. And that's all the fun facts that I have. Um, and uh, we move on to the cast and crew that has passed on. And, you know, uh, actually nobody has passed on from the cast. And, you know, uh, of course, we already know that Wes Craven um, has passed on. You know, I talk about it every time. You know, I talk about one of his films. Um, uh, director of all four screens, he... Passed away August 30th, 2015, and he died of brain cancer. So, and um, well, now, um, you know, I have, I made another segment of my show, uh, of, of, of the episodes, and uh, it is called The Grouper's Reactions. And um, I did ask them the same thing that I asked you guys. I asked um, my group page, and uh, I think Constance, you actually answered it yourself. Um, I uh, asked them, you know, uh, do they think that social media and reality TV are diluting, you know, us and the younger generation? And I have three um, three reactions here. Uh, one is from Rose Hahn. She says, "Yes, I do." And she says that kids have no sense of losing or failing anymore. And, uh, and she went a little further into that, but I just wrote that down because I didn't want it to, you know, for time, for time um, issues. Uh, but you guys can see what she wrote if you guys go to the group page. Uh, uh, and Sabrina Sullivan, she says, yes, 100%. She said, we are basically surrounded by an entire group of people that are very comfortable 
being disgusting to people because they are protected by the anonymity of behind a screen, including being on television where reality TV is scripted. So you aren't saying who you aren't seeing. I'm sorry. You aren't seeing who these people actually are. And then William Knight says, I absolutely, absolutely as well. He says, it's crazy how so many of these uh, reality stars are horrible human beings. They are uh, showing everyone it's okay to be stupid, selfish human beings and you become famous. It's horrible. Now, I don't think I necessarily agree with what Mr. Williams said, but but I... I well, like we said earlier, it's a double-edged sword. And if you, do, if you use it right, then, you know, then you can make it a platform worth yeah. being on. You can make it a platform worth, you know, worth you. But it's what you do with it. And, and yes, unfortunately, there's so much insta-fame nowadays that you know and it's happening to younger and younger people that don't know how to deal with that yes. kind of like yep. celebrity status I don't know if I would you know mm-hmm. um, yeah and I'm in my 40s like right. I don't know if I would be able to, to be to handle being famous overnight like a lot of these kids are all right right yeah. I, I feel you okay. I feel you on that you know, I, and one of my favorite sayings, and I have a lot of favorite sayings, but one of my favorite sayings is, you know, um, everybody wants to be famous, but they can't handle the fame. Yeah. Everybody wants to be famous, but they can't. Can you handle it? Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so... Yes. Uh, well, guys, I don't have any more questions. I don't have any more fun facts or, you know, anybody who has passed on and no more groupers reactions. So we are at the end of my podcast. I thank you guys so much for being with me. I do have a couple of announcements, though. Do you guys know that next month to this day, August 17th, will be my year anniversary for this podcast? I am so excited. Yes. And I will be giving away um, uh, four prizes. Now, um, now you guys know that I use, uh, I usually give out prizes for my group members, you know, and and I am, I'm still going to do that. But uh, I am going to also give a prize to, Two of my regular guests on my um, shows. So what I'm going to do is is I am going to probably put your guys name uh, and and I'm going to talk to my fiance about it. See uh, uh, what he says. But um, I am going uh, all of my regular guests. I'm going to try to somehow uh, go through all of my uh, episodes and um, uh, write your names down. And maybe put it in a hat or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still got. I'm still working out all the details on that one. Uh, Do a, um like put us all in a list. Give us all a number, like one through however many, and then put that in a random number generator. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I I think I will do that. I'll I'll talk to Brian about it. I'll talk to Brian because he's the one who actually helps me out with all of that stuff. So I'm Matt, I'm going to talk to Brian about that. And then uh and then two of my uh, groupers uh will get a prize as well. So yes, and and I might even uh, uh get a fifth prize in in there. I'm not sure. I, I'm still trying to work everything out. Still trying to work everything out with that um, because you, I appreciate my listeners. I appreciate my guests, and I just want to let you all know that in a very big way, very big and sincere way, uh, especially for my first year anniversary. I'm so excited. Well, I'm just so excited. And <laughs> yeah, that that's all I got. I'm excited. <laughs> and uh to all my uh to all my listeners, um, if you guys want to join my group page, if you guys are listening and you're not a part of the horror movie warriors group page. Please join us. Actually, um, you are speaking with uh, two of my admins, uh, Constance and Matt. And then Kelly is actually in a separate admin for me. Uh, she, uh, Kelly is the admin for when we go on the road, finally. When we finally do stuff, you know. <laughs> Whenever we do that. <laughs> yeah. When we finally get to do stuff. Which will probably be in the year 2022, by the way things are going. You're a mobile admin? Is that what, is that what we're going to call that? You're a, <laughs> I guess that's what you can call me. You're a mobile admin. Yes, yes. Yeah. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, when we find because, you know, uh, I mean, my plan was this, you know, in October, we would go to the show and, you know, see Halloween Kills. And actually, before that even, you know, because Candyman 2 or Candyman. I'm, I'm going to say Candyman. Yeah, Candyman was supposed I'm to so start in September. That. And we were going to go see that. And, you know, COVID-19, thank you very much, stopped all that. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that was my plan. That was my plan for to take horror movie warriors on the road, uh, interview people because you know Brian got me a um, a microphone where I could actually where you know where I could actually go out and interview people. Yay. You know, Fancy. so yeah, uh, we were going to do that. Um, yeah, well, we were going to do it at uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. I was going to bring my microphone and just, you know, uh, interview different people, interview different uh, celebrities and stuff like that. But, yep, can't do it now. Well, can't do it, it will happen in the future. Exactly. Yes. There's always yep. next time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't yes. wait. I cannot wait. Well, guys, we have, we have come to the end of my podcast um, next week. I will be talking about Seven. I know. Ooh. I know we have all seen that movie, uh, Kelly. I'm. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Huh? Kelly, you said you. 
I've never seen it. Oh, it's a good movie, Kelly. Yeah, good. You need to see it. Oh, it's wow. with Brad Pitt. I know the, I know the plot twist, though. I was spoiled on the plot twist. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's still such a good movie. Okay. Still worth yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, still totally worth it. Very good. Oh, yeah. I do love 90s movies, so oh, it was oh, a great yeah. decade because I was born, obviously, so wonderful cool. because of that. So. <laughs> I will check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. Podcast. Definitely. And then check out my episode. <laughs> yes, yes I, will be, I will be on there with uh, Nathan Della. Uh, who was on my? Uh, who was actually on my Midsummer? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, my Midsummer episode. Uh, Nathan Della, uh, Jamala Thomas, who was actually on my Doctor Sleep episode, and then we have a newbie, uh, Tracy um, uh, Tracy Rose. I think that's her name, Tracy Rose. She's a newbie, so I, I'm hoping that she, uh, uh, I'm hoping that she really likes you know being on. Uh, but yeah, the um those are the three that I will be um talking to next week. Um so until then guys, this has been Latrice Carter, Kelly Dunsmore, Constance Goodrich, and Matt Latz. And we will see you guys later. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye, guys.